Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. Stay tuned because on today's program, we are going to be talking about counterculture. What does that mean to you? It's a battle over territory. And if you don't understand what is happening, you may be asleep. You may be sleeping under a rock. But it's time for you to wake up because the battle over territory is real. Listen to me. I believe we are living in a prophetic time. I believe that we are entering, if not, we have already entered into what Matthew 24 warned us about. You may not understand the book of Matthew, but I dare you to go read it. Four times, can you believe four times the word deception, deceive, is talked about in the book of Matthew chapter 24. I believe that if Jesus warned us about deception, we have to pay attention because we are living in an era. We are living in a time in our culture where deception is everywhere. Deception is in social media. Deception is in media itself. Listen, even our very own pulpits in America, we are being deceived. It seems like the pastors of America are being silent about issues that this culture is at war with. And I want you to stay tuned on today's program because my special guest has written a brand new book entitled, or titled, Counterculture, Answering a Woke Culture with Love, Light, and Life. Listen, stay tuned because we're going to talk about some heavy issues that maybe your pastor, maybe your evangelist, maybe your favorite TV preacher is not talking about, but on my program, I talk about politics, I talk about culture, I talk about the Bible, I talk about the cross, I talk about the blood of Jesus, I talk about repentance, I talk about, you know, issues that of today's that most people in our culture are discussing privately, let alone talking about it on social media. It's time for you and I to talk about these issues, pastor, evangelist, teacher, why? Our people are facing a battle. And a few weeks ago, I taught a message that I, I, I'm still continuing to study because I believe that we're fighting a battle over territory. What do I mean by that? A lifestyle that reflects the culture, values, the, the morals, and the nature of this very land. And I believe that America right now, just like my special guest, he writes about it. I believe that America is experiencing a cultural revolution and the church has to be involved in these issues that are being talked about in our culture today. You have to understand something. The values, the morals reflects the culture of today. And if we don't understand what is happening, you may be having or experiencing People walking out of your church, walking out of your ministry, people resigning from your business because of the kind of culture that you're building or the kind of culture that is coming into your business, the kind of culture that is coming into your church. And if we don't counter that, I'm afraid that we're going to have some empty churches real soon. I don't mean to scare you. I don't mean to shock you. But I believe that there's a battle over territory. The Bible is clear. Listen, I got to always go to the Word of God. Not my opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. Matter of fact, there's a lot of programs out there that are based on opinions, yet 
my foundation is the Word of God. You don't have to like it, but I dare you to go back and read it because Hosea is very clear on chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. We are living in a time right now where people are rejecting the knowledge that comes from this book. They're questioning this book. Now, now listen, I understand. You, you can question the, the translations, and you can question all that. But don't question the knowledge that was inspired by this book, because we need the knowledge and the wisdom in this hour. What do I mean? We need discernment. Ooh, I think I just cussed. The, the church Christians today don't like the word discernment because it scares them. Yet we have to deal with it because we got to have discernment in this time that we're in right now if we're going to counter the culture with the Bible. Oh, I need to be quiet. I don't want to get into my soap opera situation here because I have a very special guest today. He's the founding pastor and senior elder of Victory Life Church. He has pastored for over 30 years, and he's the author of the book titled Counterculture, Answering a Woke Culture with Love, Light, and Life. I want you to help me welcome to the PTL Network, The Mondo Show, pastor, author, America's preacher, <laughs> Dwayne <laughs> Sheriff. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, thank you. It's my privilege and honor, my dear brother. Uh, let me just start off with saying I'm a little disappointed. I'll get over it, but I wanted to be on the orange couch. Uh, and, and so I've got an ugly brown couch <laughs> behind me. I sold all my orange, yellow, and green furniture in the seventies. Uh, I knew my brother, I should have kept that furniture. Uh, so, but with that said, what a blessing to be interviewed by an ex gang member, especially with the last name now of Sheriff. You have great <laughs> grace, my friend. Oh, so thank you for having me. Listen, it's an honor. <laughs> The orange couch, you got to, one day, please, I want you to know that you're always welcome to the orange couch. Let's talk. I look forward to uh, it. I'm honored that I have you on the program because I have a lot to ask you, but I also believe that you have written one of the most powerful books for this hour, Pastor, that you're bold. Most preachers today are afraid to talk about the issues that you have written about. Let me begin with this. What caused you, what moved you to be bold and courageous to talk about today's issues that the culture is dealing with? Well, first of all, I believe every pastor is accountable before God to speak into their culture, to speak into people's lives and the things that are destroying their, their homes, their businesses, their, their uh, generational uh, inheritance, and on and on I could go. So I've always spoke out the truth in love. And there's so much deception. We are in a battle. There is a cultural war that is very, very real. And it's a battle between deception and discernment. It's, it's not even just a battle between good and evil, but it is a battle between man's definition of good and evil versus God's definition of good and evil. And Satan is deceiving the multitudes. And I believe we're in the early stages of a great awakening. And I ministered this a few years ago. And the greatest honor of my life, my publisher literally asked me, would I write a book? 
on the Great Awakening and the counterculture. And so that's how the book came about. And man, uh, I am pleasantly surprised at the response. I expected rejection because we're experiencing rejection from the woke movement and the deception in the church. But what I didn't expect is people like you that really love Jesus, really love the cross, and believe in the power of the cross to save people's lives. We're talking about heaven or hell issues here within our culture and people's destiny. And we, the church, are the pillar. Paul told Timothy, a young pastor in Timothy 3.15, that we, the church, we're the pillar and ground of the truth. Mm. We are ground zero in this battle. And it's time for men and women of God to step up to the plate, speak the truth, and do it in love. We don't need to be rude or mean, but if we think for one minute we're not going to offend people, then we are not being like Jesus. Jesus offended people constantly with the truth, and that's what's offensive to people. That's it. Listen, you're talking about things that are not popular anymore. The cross, the blood, repentance, come to the altar. This is how this ex-gang member got saved. This is how my life turned around when they preached the truth about the cross, when they preached the truth about the blood, when they preached the truth about repentance, when they preached the truth about coming to the altar and confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. That's not popular today, Pastor. And listen, you've been a pastor for over 30 years, and I, I got to begin with this question right here because I'm afraid that the church is losing a battle because they want to be more popular than preaching the truth. Now, I got to ask you this. What do you feel is the state of the church as a whole, the body of Christ right now? Well, uh, I've, I've seen you defend your love for the church before you make comments in evaluating the church, and I respect you for that because uh, I've given my life for the church. I love the church. I've pastored now for nearly 40 years, four decades, and, and yet the church is being spoiled through a, a culture of deceit, a culture of lies, a culture that is, again, anti-Christ. And the condition of the church right now is not a good place at large. But I also believe that God has assured me we're in the early stages of a great awakening. And that can't take place unless there's righteous thunder, holy thunder in the pulpits. Every great awakening begins with the awakening of the leadership, the watchman on the wall, and so I believe that pastors are waking up. Again, I'm getting more acceptance now than I have in the past, uh, and that's been a surprise, but that is because God is waking people up to what's really going on, how Satan is absolutely deceiving the multitudes, and he, he doesn't come as Satan. He comes as an angel of light, and that's the heart of this woke movement, and Pastors that get caught up in it, I assure you, they're not going to prosper. They're not going to overcome in these last days. But the pastors that lovingly put a stake in the ground and simply say, look, we love everybody and we love them more than ourselves. Mondo, the, the, the biggest problem I see in the church and with pastors is we love ourselves more than we do others. 
when you love yourself more than others, you you won't tell them the truth for a fear of rejection. You won't tell them the truth for a fear of them leaving your church or not coming back. And so actually it's a love for ourself and we need to love people more than ourselves, love them enough to be rejected by them, love them enough to tell them the truth and they have a right to reject the truth for themselves, not us reject it for them in our silence. Listen, I, I want to make a disclaimer because I want you, pastor, I want you, evangelist, I want you, teacher, Bible teacher, to understand I love the church. I wouldn't be here without the church. You, you know, one of the scriptures that comes to my mind is I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against her. I believe we need the church more than ever today. The church is a healing place. The church should be a place where we gather together and we're restored together in the fellowship of his suffering. And I know you have a lot of questions out there. I know maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been deceived by the church. Maybe you've been hurt by a pastor. I get it. I get you. I know. I too been hurt by the church, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to throw her away. I want to be a part of the solution. We want to be a part of the counterculture to be able to restore faith back into an institution that Jesus left us so we can gather together. Don't lose hope in the church. Pastor, mm -hmm. what, what message do you have for that person watching right now that maybe has felt disillusioned, has felt deceived, maybe hurt by the church, how do we restore that back to our culture today? Well, it, it's it's partly our fault, of course, and there needs to be repentance in leadership, repentance in in pastors and leaders' hearts. But the bottom line is there's no perfect pastors, there's no perfect church, there's no perfect people. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have faults. And so I would encourage those people to do what Jesus called us all to do. We need to be the people we wish others were. And if you are disillusioned about the church, then go to a church and help be the church that you wish others would have been. We need to repent. We need to come back to our love for Jesus, our first love, loyalty and commitment unto death, unto the Lord. And I think part of the church's responsibility to turn this around is to be bold in these last days with the truth. What people are really disillusioned over is that the church is not a counterculture. The church has become a subculture within a corrupt culture, and people are looking for the truth and being disappointed. They're looking for power and finding none. They're looking for something different. And we are called to be that different people. Acts chapter 17, verse 6, Paul and Silas were in the area and had come into the area of Thessalonica. And the people were in an uproar and said, these, these who have turned the world upside down have come unto us. So the only way we're going to get back to the church that Jesus is building, that the authorities or gates of hell won't prevail against, is to be that counterculture to be willing to be different, to be willing to be what God's called us to be. We have lost, Mondo, we have lost our identity as the church. Jesus, it says for this purpose, 1 John 3, 8, that he came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
when the church starts destroying the works of the devil, not people, then you will see a great awakening. I love what you're talking about. And I was not going to bring this up, but let me go ahead and do that because I love how real you are when it comes to today's issues in our culture. And I think one of the major issues that folks are having is the meddling in politics for the church. You Do you feel like the church, do you feel like pastors, leaders in the church have gone too far in meddling in politics that is, you know, causing division in the culture over, you know, you're supposed to be the light of the world, yet here you are uh, manipulating, so to speak, uh, influencing candidates in the culture today that are running for office. What do you say? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's amazing to me how people think and what they say. You know, they get upset at us when we don't influence a businessman. They get upset at us when we don't take the gospel and influence school teachers and influence other areas of the culture. But if you dare believe that the gospel would influence and affect and change politics, then somehow or another you've crossed the line. Let me just say, and there's not enough time in your show uh, to balance things out, but there's two extremes. When the church becomes a political arm of either party, that is allowing politics to corrupt the pulpit. But on the other hand, the other extreme is when the pulpit is silent, then why are you surprised that our politics are corrupt and evil is prevailing across the country? So the way the Lord showed it to me, Mondo, is I am to never allow politics to come into the pulpit and and poison the pul- pulpit. Politics today, everything it touches, it poisons. So we can't have politics in the pulpit. But listen to me carefully, Pastor. Listen to me carefully, Church. If we don't take the pulpit to our politics, our politics are going to literally destroy this country and everything near and dear to God. So the answer is that we can't become political, but we are to influence politics, not allow politics to influence us. Listen, I want you to get this book to understand what this wokeness is all about. My special guest writes about cultural revolution. He writes about what is culture. He writes about culture of hate, culture of love, culture of death, Origins of Life, uh, Armor of Light, Marxism, Cultural Marxism. Listen, these are issues that are that are in the middle of the public square that we are living in right now. We got to have answers. We got to have information. We got to be knowledgeable for one thing only, to have discernment, spiritual discernment. Yeah. Listen, I'm amazed, Pastor, how many uh, leaders in the church are not biblically founded in the Word of God when it comes to the views of the culture today. I'm an ex-gang member from—listen, I'm I'm an ex-gang member from East L.A. I'm an ex-gang member that understood what socialism is. I I come from a third-world nation that dealt and fought against socialism. I understand the the street culture and the lingo and and the values that we hold in the streets. But when you look at where we are right now, we are in trouble— in our culture today. Absolutely. 20 years ago, life was different culturally. Fast forward to today, 
the church is absent in some of these issues, and we wonder why our generation is running to Reddit to get information, why we're, or why we're running to Twitter to get our news, why we're instead of getting a biblical overview on how to talk and how to have these conversations. I love what you write about in the last chapter is what do we do now? Can we talk yes. about that? Because sure, we can talk about Marxism. We can talk about politics. We can talk about that. But all we're doing is just giving you a different point of view from our experience through what we read through the Word of God. But pastor, what do we do now? Where do we go from here as a Christian, as a community? How do we engage back into the conversations? Well, I mean, that's a that's a loaded question for sure. I took the whole opportunity to do an entire chapter, and I saved it for last because I had to build up to it. But I think it's important that every listener understand that politics is downstream from culture, and culture is downstream from character. If we don't return back to intimacy with Jesus, a love for His Word, let God be true and every man a liar, then the lack of character in the pulpit and in our churches will affect the culture and culture then our politics. And so people talk about not being involved politically. Well, we have to pray, and we're under commandment to pray for those that are in authority. And yet, just like faith without works is dead, prayer without works is dead. For God to command me to pray for those that are in authority and then not do something within the grace of God and the gospel is hypocritical. And so we can't say we love people and not hate evil and cleave to that which is good, Romans 12, 9. So we've got to get involved. We've got to get informed. And I don't minister on Marxism a lot and talk about it for uh, months on end, but people have to understand a basic knowledge of what's going on, that these movements that the church is embracing are Marxist movements, which is an atheist, uh, anti-God, Judeo-Christian government, and wants to instill socialism and communism. Well, if people don't even have that basic information, they're going to embrace things in the name of good that are not God's good but man's good, antichrist versus Christ. So we got to get informed, and then we've got to get engaged. How could parents not be involved in the school board when their children are being taught things that are anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-Christ? So we simply need to get informed and engaged in this battle and be better equipped for this warfare that is very real. Because you're in a warfare and a battle, whether you know it or not. And the best way to lose is to not know we're in a battle. And listen, and the best way also is to read about it. Read about counterculture. How do, how do we answer this wokeness in, in this culture with love and kindness and be the light of this world, be the salt of the world? I want you to get this book in your hands, Counterculture, by my special guest, Duane Sheriff. Pastor Duane Sheriff, elder. I love that. I love that you still call yourself an elder in the church. We need more elders in the church to give us wisdom and knowledge on how to navigate through the journey that we're going through right now. Pastor, I want to thank you for joining me today. My time is gone. Please come back. Come back to the orange couch. 
Sit with I me. I gotta get to the orange couch. <laughs> Many of uh, a lot of friends that you have that are my friends too have sat on the orange couch. So I want you to be yes, here. Yes, they have. And I, I don't think you're too far from uh, where I am here in Branson, Missouri. So you got to make your way Absolutely. down here. Listen, I want to remind you with this scripture right here. I'm always going to leave you with the scripture because I believe it is, it, is the, it is the power of the word that heals, restores. We are living in an hour right now where we need the unfiltered word of God. This is the scripture for you. It's a very famous scripture. I know you've heard him many times. I know you've seen John 3:16 everywhere, but I felt like I needed to remind you once again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, that's you and I, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your past is, not, no matter what even what identity you feel you are you're right now, he loves you. He died for you. Listen, if there's one thing I can leave you with is that Jesus died for your sins. All you have to do is repent, turn your ways, and give your heart to him today. Start reading the word that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I hope you know that God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. So you can have life. Listen, life and death is real. Either you're going to be in heaven or you're going to spend eternity in hell. I want you to go to heaven with us. I want you to see the king of kings one day and say thank you. Listen, I can't do what, I can't do what I'm doing without knowing that I'm going to go to heaven. I love you so much and I want you to go to heaven as well. Repent today. Find him. It's not too late. I love you so much. I got to go. But until next time, remember this. Keep the faith. It's going to be all right. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for watching today here on the Voice of the Prophets Network, the PTL Network. Listen, if you haven't downloaded the app on your phone, I want you to go right now. Uh, if you have an Android phone or an iPhone, download the app right now for free. And you can get 24 hours a day, seven days a week on-demand programming from the PTL Network. The Voice of the Prophets Network is like none other. We need your help today. We need your support. How do you do it? Download the app for free on your phone. Download the channel on Roku if you own a Roku device or an Apple TV device. Download the channel and support us by watching the programs. And not only that, when you get on the network to watch it, your life is going to be filled with so much hope, but yet you're going to be filled with so much information about the current culture that we're in right now. Together, we can reach the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Financially, you can support us as well. It's probably one of the most important things that we need right now next to prayer, next to watching the programs, supporting the Voice of the Prophets Network is so important right now. That's how you help me continue to broadcast this program every single week from Studio B here at Morningside USA by sending a donation. Listen to this. You can be a legacy partner today by donating $1,000 to help us spread the gospel around the world. We need your financial support today. 
the time is running out. Now is the time to join in and become a legacy member, a monthly member, $30 a month, whatever you can do. Help us preach the gospel around the world as the voice of the prophets go around the world. Thanks to you. God bless you.